What did Christ say? You can't take it with you, so send it ahead. So send it ahead. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, that what Christ said or was that the Pope? <laughs> yeah. On that note, <laughs> welcome to the Blacktop Pulpit by the Church of Sunsites. I am Andrew. I am the pastor of the Church of Sunsites, and I'm here with uh, our elder, Albert Kester, and one of our church members, Ken Duffy. And guys, other than the stock exchange, cryptocurrency, and whatever else we were just talking about... <laughs> What are your thoughts about this morning's sermon? All ties in. <laughs> where, where, did, where did you see Ether in the sermon? <laughs> First Etheridians. Etheridians. For those the people sleeping over in the... <laughs> oh, that's a different Ether. Oh, I'm sorry. So I, I missed last oh, and week and I was real bumped. And now oh, no. PA's gone. And now no. PA's gone. Yeah, what's up with oh, that? Oh, yeah. Come on, but, man. Uh, <laughs> What are you missing? You get me going on church discipline. I'm one of those guys that people think have an unhealthy <laughs> asphyxiation, or not asphyxiation, what would you call it? Uh, <laughs> just a just a real, real hard focus with church discipline. And it's not because I don't think it's an unhealthy thing at all. I think it's because it's such a critical part of the church. So when I, I'm 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 glad that we've hit this passage for the past two weeks and i know that Gosh. it's not the first time that we're talking on these things it's and well with the passage like this and for our listeners first corinthians chapter five last week and this week now um a passage like this is difficult to preach because it's not that attractive unless you already care about being in christ and being part of the local church right so this isn't one of those passages that pastors say, yep, I'm preaching 1 Corinthians 5 today, expository. Right. Like, you don't choose this passage, which I guess makes me a Calvinist because it chose me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, good grief. Okay. You're talking about sexual immorality and you're talking about kicking people out of the church. <laughs> and discrimination. And discrimination. Favorably. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is just tough. Um because in our in our society today, a passage like the passage we had this morning, it not only falls on deaf ears, it falls on very, very militant ears against what we're talking about um, in this passage. But it is what the Bible teaches. Um, and it's and it's difficult to preach because some of the things I'm I'm looking at it in the Bible and I'm like you sure, God? <laughs> like, and that's going on in my mind. I just imagine what's going on in everybody else's mind. Um, and then the, the whole thing about closed communion, like just being right there in the text. And I'm like, I wasn't a closed communion guy. And then I have to wrestle with it in the Bible. And now, right. because I've wrestled with it in the Bible, now I'm at least a modified closed communion. And it's, it, the Bible changes us. Yeah, I think I think at minimum a guarded table mm. is important. At yeah. minimum, at minimal. You don't yeah. want to be just liberal with <laughs> who participates because that's, that's we'll, we'll see where we'll see where that got the Corinthian church a little later in the letter. Yeah. <laughs> Corinthian church, they're all a good example of a lot of come get drunk with things. us. That's where it took them, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, and I could, there's so many different places to go. And I, I try to streamline my thoughts and, and, but in, if I'm talking too much in Albert, but um, I, I didn't, I have a different book. So I, I don't have some of the things from last week that I would have mentioned, 
had I been here, but um, they they definitely carry through since we're we're in the same topic here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, I think that one, one aspect has, it, it adds a lot of confusion for people, yeah. rightfully so, is, is what, what the, the, the function of excommunication actually uh, results in. Like in verse four, you know, when Paul is saying to, to deal with this sin in the church, is when you're assembled, the church is gathered Mm-hmm. Um, in the name of the Lord, he says, with the power of our Lord, Jesus, you are to deliver this man, Satan, like with the power of our Lord. Like yeah. one of the things I wanted to bring up is just the, and, and I don't think there's a cut and dry, clear answer on this, but the seriousness of what it is to be excommunicated from a church. And this is where like, you've seen a lot of abuses in this Catholic church, uh-huh. and, um, yeah. but, but there's something real happening because even that famous, like, uh, out of context passage where two or three are gathered in my name. You know, everyone knows, like, well, not everyone doesn't know. Like, everyone thinks that it's um, just about people praying together. And it's just um, no, about discipline. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's the Lord binding something that's happening on earth. And, like, there's something serious and supernatural taking place. And the question is, like, when. In what circumstances does that actually happen? And is there circumstances where, like, if it's improperly done or the the, the minds or motives of the, the elders or the church are wrong? Like, right. like because because this is God binding mm-hmm. what is being done on in the church yeah. based off of excommunicated people from the church. Serious stuff. We want to, like, figure this out. I've studied this on and off. And I, I, I have come to the point where realizing, like, this is... This is serious, and God's binding this, but under what circumstances? Because you've heard of elders wrongly disciplining church members, too. Yeah. So. Well, and in, in churches where you have um, pastor, CEO, who's the head of the organization and seen as the head of the church in this type of local church, church discipline looks more like him just letting people have it because he got his feelings hurt. Right. 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 So I've seen that happen a multitude of times. Uh, that's unhealthy. I've seen uh, people refer to church discipline as the deacons of the church calling people into secret deacons meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, deacons don't have the authority to do that if they're biblical deacons. And then you have, even in a, in a church that's um, a plurality of elders, right? I've seen it um, be misused there where the elders uh, are basically um, yes men to one another, right? Uh, they don't reason with one another. They're yes men to one another. And they come against an individual in the church because they feel like, oh, this individual is wrong, but they don't confirm that with the Bible. Right. Um, and here in this, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, what stands out to me is that Paul doesn't place this on the elders. Not that it starts with the elders, but he places it on the local church congregation, uh, which is a form of congregationalism, right? Even if it's not as democratic as congregationalism seems to look today, mm-hmm. it is a form of congregationalism, um, mm-hmm. which is why my polity is the way that it is. Like mm-hmm. I, I elder-led congregationalism. That's where I land on my church polity. Uh, just to put it in a basic term uh, or to give it a term. But uh, it's, it is really interesting. And, and there's call here for the church to have discernment, not to just pick on people, to act with much grace. Um, and 
you should only get to this point. Um, church discipline concerning matters of morality, which is what we're getting at in 1 Corinthians 5, to say this person is obviously and publicly living in sin and we need to deal with this, right? Um, there, there's probably more grace before that. Paul wrote a whole letter before this one um, to deal with this, and it wasn't dealt with. So this has gone on and on and on and on and on, whatever was right. happening in the First Corinthian church, right? Um, so that's, I mean, requires discernment. That's why you need godly men right. leading the church as elders, and uh, informing the congregation and training the congregation to make difficult decisions when the time comes. I have never been in a church where it's come to this. Normally people just leave when you say, sure. hey, I'm a little worried about this. They just, and they, they self-excommunicate, <laughs> you know? Um, right. But that's in America, that's usually the way it ends up. I've, I've never pursued church discipline to such a degree that we actually got to excommunication. Mm. People either repent or just, oh, see ya. <laughs> you know? So. Well, well yeah, so this guy must have, <clears throat> must have been common knowledge. Of, scripture says, don't listen to an accusation unless mm-hmm. you have two or three witnesses. And what I understand that to mean is they both are three, however many, two or three, they have to see the same thing mm. and not, but, and that's difficult because we always, most of us bring our experience. Mm-hmm. And so we see something a little different than our, than our neighbor does. But this must have been going on. And then it's, it's what, do you, what do you give? How, how do you give church discipline from people that like to gossip? I mean, how do you get two or three witnesses to agree that, yeah, they gossip? I mean, they know. Without it. gossiping. Yeah, there's <laughs> a the real trick. <laughs> but I, th- I think you know, it's as long as you're not a church member, you don't have to worry about discipline. Mm. So I've often thought this. So come join us and be a member, so we can discipline you. <laughs> and when you think what, about what are the privileges of church membership? You well, now we can discipline you. <laughs> I think that's what your first statement to me was when I joined. So. <laughs> but if, if you think about it, it's, it's, it's actually a way of, of holding each other accountable, which mm-hmm. people yeah. do not want to be accountable. Uh, Paul said, don't judge those who are outside the church. Where are there people in the church that are outside the church? Yeah. And so it's if if someone's not a church member, you can't judge them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, just, you, you just can't. Yeah. And excommunication, not to keep them out of the church. They can come to church, but they won't. Mm-hmm. People hear things in homosexuality. Mm-hmm. They have a son or a daughter or a cousin or a niece or somebody caught up in it. You talk about it and they won't come back to you. They won't darken the door of this church anymore because you're judging. It's like, you know, if I hear, mm-hmm. do you ever hear God hates the sin but loves the sinner? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I believe, sin I believe, is a sinner. I believe Gandhi said that, not Jesus. Was it, was Gandhi. it Gandhi that said that? <laughs> I think so. It, could, it, it was either Gandhi or or... or the original Calvin, you know, Calvin and Hobbes. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, church discipline is hard. And we haven't had church discipline. People have left. No. They, they, they leave. It's, it's sort of like you're not playing the game the way I like it. We all come to church and we have our concept of Christ, don't we? Mm-hmm. And so I think we come to church. One of the reasons is say, no. What did Jesus do for you today? What did this past week? What happened? 
that's different from my experience because I think we all experience Christ from our own whatever you want to go history for yeah. lack of a better word yeah. yeah and we don't we don't seem to understand God I think it's impossible to understand the holiness of Christ he cannot abide sin in his followers because it it, it destroys what he stands for yeah and that we we, we forget that God is holy and we're told to be holy like he is holy. We can't do that without the Holy Spirit. You can't be living in sin as this man was or any other. I don't care what the sin is. And say that you're a Christian, you're filled with the Holy Spirit because you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I don't think we take this serious enough. It's mm-hmm. even in church when try not to I try not to be thin-skinned because mm-hmm. <laughs> you and you have to get a little but I don't want I don't want to intentionally offend someone. Right. And I've been this morning when you we were preaching, I was saying that there's a couple of people in the church that I don't like. Mm. And I thought, oh, oh, don't tell me you can love someone and not like them. You know, that's another one. <laughs> you know? If you like someone, you want to be with them, you listen to them, you talk with them. Yeah, and if you if you love someone, your preferences don't matter. No, it doesn't. Consider them to be more important than yourself. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, Christ tolerates us. Let's tolerate each other up to a point. Not to the point of sin. But. I think with the discipline, um, especially from the motive of loving people properly, just like, and, and it's hard sometimes to, to lump the, the idea in with children, but it's applicable. We, we, we love our kids. So we discipline our kids. We, 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 we love each other. So we disciple, we discipline, you know, yeah. each other, you know, through love and correction. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, like, like that, that idea came up too, um, of people fleeing from discipline. And I actually think that like church discipline should continue in the event someone's trying to run from the people holding them accountable gotcha. because you can't ultimately run from what's happening, which is the Lord's chastisement. It's, right. it's the God's supernaturally well, handing people over. And that's why church hoppers are never satisfied. Right? Yeah. So you're in one church. Oh, things don't work out. You go to another church or things don't work out. You go to another church or things don't work out. Guess what? That pattern's going to continue because it's the Lord's chastisement upon your life. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's happening. You, sure. you're, you're not committed. Um, you're not a committed follower of Christ, and you're and you're not a you're not committed to a local body of believers, a healthy local body of believers. Mm. Uh, so, and I've had this happen, right? Um, people have come to me. They're like, "Yeah, we're looking for a church. Uh, we really like what we see online. You know, <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. we're looking for a church home." And I'll say, "Well, uh, where did you attend before?" And they'll tell me, "It's another church in the area." And like, well, why did you leave? It's my next question. Why did you leave that church? The first answer is always something like, well, we really just felt like God was, you know, just wanted to move us. Mm. It's like, uh, okay, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call the pastor of the church they attended. Yep. And I'm going to say, hey, um, what's going on? And that pastor is going to tell me. And I'm going to tell the people who are looking for a church home, go back to your church home you're under church discipline. Like, <laughs> like, that's my advice. And because church discipline is 
good. Yeah. But if you're not in Christ, you don't understand that. You're just, right. just going to take it like Jesus taught. You're going you're you're to trample on the judgment of the church, and throw it in the church's face. Uh, and that means you're not in Christ. Uh, that means you're a pig or a dog, according to Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and that's the that's the funny part, too, is like, you know, the, all those people are so judgmental that it's like, Paul here says, judge. judge. Yeah, <laughs> sure. The Bible literally tells us to judge. Uh, okay, so here's a question. We say, and you hear in almost every church, everybody's welcome here. In response to today's sermon, what do you think about a statement like that? Yeah, everybody's welcome here. Go for it. Just go wild with this. <laughs> <laughs> everyone or, or do you welcome. not want to touch it? it like, <laughs> uh, no, I mean everyone's um welcome. I mean the, the invitation is for all. Come, come and, and, and believe, come and be baptized, you know, repent and believe the gospel. Like, but but the, that invitation, like that that accepting of all people is saying, like, like have you have you come to you know lay your sins down and embrace Christ and Him crucified for your holiness and righteousness. Yeah. Or for yeah. The, your life. Um, and, and then and then if you are entering the church, um, this isn't the social club. Unfortunately, some are. Um, but we do have social engagement. Sure. <laughs> we do have parties and we do have food. And like, we are friendly yeah. and lighthearted. We yeah. like that. But Jesus <laughs> said very clearly, count the cost. You know, yeah. like like this this is this is a a life changing um commitment it's it, what you are embracing you are you are acknowledging your sin um and that you are due judgment you know from a holy god and that you know coming coming to the church and in, coming into the church is coming into the body of christ it is entering his death and you are thus dying to it's, yourself and it's a higher calling than just going to some community events uh, going to a place, Absolutely. going to a place that's, that's friendly, uh, being a part of the church and being a part of a local church, like a, a bona fide member of a local church, uh, that is a, a call to a higher plane of living than just the daily grinds, uh, going in, going out each day. There are biblical aspects to that grind, no doubt. God provided the grind, but this calling it, it kind of elevates us um, to where our life is no longer all about work or all about making my marriage work right our focus is higher and honestly when our focus is higher we are liberated from the ways of worldly living and the and the temporary focus of the world Um, when we are liberated from that and in christ then the grind actually becomes much easier and much more fulfilling because Mm. we, we recognize hey my life is actually higher than this, but I but I enjoy this because my satisfaction is in Christ. Right. And so it brings just more fulfillment to everything we do, which doesn't happen apart from the local church. That's right. And most people are trying all the time, make my life work. I need to make my life work. I need to make my life work. Do you not realize if you reprioritize, stop trying to make your life work and give your life to Jesus and plug into the body of Christ. Everything else will be added to you. That's the mm. promise of Christ. Mm. That's a real promise. He really does that. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Well, man is a prideful being. Mm. Yes, we are. Even the most Christian of us, I think, have a lot of pride. 
I'm not saying I'm more than Chris, you know this, but I know I know it's pride. And pride goes before fall, right? And it's all it's all self-deception. Yeah. I can remember back in the day when I used to tittle. No matter what, no matter what I did, it was always, well, it, I wasn't that bad, whatever that bad is. I didn't kill anybody. Right. You know, I didn't. And so you have a tendency to just you say, well, at least I'm not sanctimonious and the people in the church who look down to have a perception look down your, your nose at me because I, I'm engaged in this. Well, what does that come out to me? I like my sin and I don't want you to disturb me while I'm in my sin. So, you know, I'm sorry, but you have your religion. I, God's on a mountain and it's 360 degrees. Is that what a circle is? And so I take a different path here, but we're all going to end up here, God. Well, good luck with that. If people realize if we all could just keep in our mind that where the spirit of Christ is, there's liberty. You're free from things. Eh? Oh, every now and then you grouse and Kathy will say, You want a little cheese with that wine? It's like, and that angers me so much. How dare she do that to me? But we are such complicated creatures in it. It's, it's, Christ is so simple. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's, it's simple. Forget yourself. So we say, we say things like, Everyone is welcome here. And you said, yeah, every, everybody is. Everybody's welcome to right. worship. But then where we would draw a line and say, okay, this is now exclusive, right? Is with church membership and communion, right? baptism. Yep. Those things are exclusive. Everyone is welcome to attend. Not everybody is welcome to be part of the local church and part of the church but everyone is welcome to attend that's common grace so in the church then we see common grace everybody come everybody is invited and particular grace you are chosen you are elected right which, which is jesus is teaching mm-hmm. the, the kingdom of god is this way many are called invited few are chosen elected um and that's reflected in the membership of the local church and I'm thinking the whole time I'm walking through this text, like I'm teaching people to discriminate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible teaches us to discriminate. Yep. Um, that does not fit with the current culture. Any talk about discrimination of any kind, right? Um, so I want to bring some clarity to discrimination. Uh, should we discriminate? Should we not discriminate? And what are our bases for discrimination? Ha! Huh. All right, there's the question. Yeah. Well, let me put it to you this way: Everybody discriminates. Yes. If you don't think they do, walk into their bedroom sometime at about two o'clock in the morning, and you will find out that they're very discriminating. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We all discriminate, but but if the discrimination. People talk about now is because of race, religion, or mm-hmm. creed. You're you're not part of this, so you you know we're afraid of you because we don't know you. That's a different discrimination. We discriminate all the time. Mm-hmm. I choose Shell Oil instead of this standard. Yeah. I buy a Chevy instead of a Ford. That's discriminating. It is. What what is you going to call it? To to make any choice at all is yes. is to discriminate. Yes, it is. Right. On a very basic level, 
Um, and the anti-discrimination of our day is particularly interesting <laughs> because you have all of these categories now that you're not allowed, not allowed, it's unlawful, or, yeah. or they're pushing for it to be unlawful for you to discriminate on these bases. Uh, sex, religion, color, which they call race. It's not really race, it's just color. Yeah. Color, ethnicity, uh, and now gender, identity, sexual orientation, right? So as soon as you say that, like you're not allowed to discriminate on these bases. Yeah. As soon as you put bases in there by which people are not allowed to discriminate, that law or that push for law, that is a discrimination against something else on those bases, right? So if my religion, um, if my belief, my moral belief, my ethic tells me it is wrong to be a certain way, think a certain way, like morally wrong, be a certain way, think a certain way, look a certain way, do a certain thing, right? If my, if my ethic tells me that and somebody says, no, you are not allowed to operate by that ethic, you are not allowed to discriminate on those bases, then somebody is then discriminating against me on the basis of religion. So now we have a contradiction in our current time, right? Because all of the bases that we're including in the law or trying to include in the law, is these are contradictory bases such that now um, it's, it's not that all discrimination is illegal. All discrimination has never been illegal, but in trying to make all discrimination illegal, you actually discriminate against anyone who has any thought whatsoever. And so the, the whole system implodes at that point. And it's kind of like, kind of like the, the letters, you know, the, the all-inclusive LGBTQ plus movement. As soon as you say bisexual, you're saying there are only two genders, but then you're including transgenderism in that, right? So everything is incoherent. Everything is contradictory today, but people don't, don't care about truth so much. They just care about superiority, um, which means which means most people are actually being oppressed and they're okay with it and they're arguing in favor of the mass oppression of our day, which is crazy to me, right? And the Bible is way plainer than that and way simpler than that. And Paul just says, yep, there are bases, bases on which it's acceptable to discriminate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so society is tearing itself apart and imploding because it's trying to end all discrimination and the Bible's like, no, you need to discriminate about some things. Well, it's great in one sense seeing that implosion because like when <laughs> yeah. when when any type of chaos is exposed, like mm. that's that's a god honoring thing because like you can see the foolishness of the world. Right. When when, and when these decisions dude, first are made. Corinthians like you read first Corinthians and it's like exposes all the foolishness yeah. of the world. Like I'm yeah. reading through it and I'm like, dang God, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, um, do we, <laughs> the church at some sites, do we discriminate on the basis of sex, gender, religion this is a trap question i'm just telling you this is entrapment i'm letting you, I'm letting you know it but do we do we discriminate on the bases of of sex gender uh, color uh, ethnicity 
religion. We better believe <laughs> this is entrapment, all right? It's... And how do we then, as a church body, guard against the accusation of the law and the hand of the government, which says, no, you cannot discriminate on biblical bases? Well, that's actually difficult in the sense that the general public is being discriminated against by the government right now because that's true. the church is excluded from the law that that forbids discrimination based off of those specifics. For now. For now. Yeah. yeah. What would happen if the government withdrew those protections uh, from that law? Uh, we continue to discriminate because <laughs> if, <the> Bible. <laughs> <laughs> if, a, if a woman wants to, to come, you know, be a, be a preacher of, you know, a pastor, you know, it's like, it's like, do we discriminate there? Um, Here's um, Christ instructs us to be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. Right. Right. Uh, so this requires us to consider beforehand uh, how we will respond when the accusation comes against us um, in a way that is godly, in a way that causes us not to sin, and in a way that just makes the government of the land look completely foolish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then you won't have private clubs. No. You can't have a private club, so you can't have a VFW. Right. Because they discriminate. Mm-hmm. You can't have a... Right. I don't know about. I don't know what the requirements are for life. Oh, covered. no age discrimination! I can run for president now. Yes. Oh, <laughs> right. Good <laughs> point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they, disc- they discriminate because of age. Because some states, when you reach a certain age, you don't pay any more property tax because they figure you paid. So that's out the window too. Long enough. Yeah. No more senior living homes. It's gotten mm-hmm. so bad that I forget what the state is, but they passed a law. No more prioritizing certain groups for COVID nineteen vaccines. Yeah. You can't discriminate. Where's my social security? Yeah, that's it. That's good. No more discrimination, bro. But anyway, boys that that say they're girls, they won't permit them. To, they won't permit them to play girls' sports. Can you imagine yeah. if you get enough teenage boys the fight. that mm-hmm. want that want to be <laughs> think they're girls, or then they want to play girls' sports? The girls' sports is dead. It's gone. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what happens when you have, um, and I wrote about this on Legislation Nation, right? Um, when you have um, the inclusivity that we have, I don't think inclusivity is altogether a good thing, right? Um, when you have the push to uh, cancel genders and sexes, which essentially is what is happening, right? Yeah. Um, well, what happens if you actually, let's think this out. What happens if you actually accomplish that? We're back to social Darwinism. The, the very thing that the law, that, it, that equality law and civil rights activism in the past was meant to guard against or push to guard against social Darwinism, that is being now reintroduced. And that is the outcome when everything is conflated. It's social Darwinism, which means the physiologically strong and wealthy are back on top. Mm-hmm. That's where this leads which is bad for boys and girls, young boys and girls, which is bad for women, and which is bad for minorities. Um, that's where this gets us, is 
a worse oppression of minorities and women and children than um, perhaps we've seen in the history of the United States, right? Now, there was a time in history before the United States where it was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as the history of the United States goes, that seems like that would be worse than, than what I read about in history books. Um, yeah. What I find interesting, and I'm not sure if you saw the news this week, is that I don't remember his original name, Caitlyn Jenner, um, a Republican that says that boys should not play, biological boys should not play in girls' sports. Uh, a professing transgender right. is coming out and saying it. One, seeming, seeming to have conservative values, um, but acknowledging there's something seriously wrong with that mindset. And, you know, he hasn't come out and like explained why. why he and how view. it's different from what he did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's intriguing. Yeah. So um, because is... even even from a deprived mind, uh-huh. who's obviously going through other mental illnesses, yeah. acknowledges like that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's wrong. Well, you you ask people what makes it wrong. What's your standard? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait. Did you, just, did you just make a precept reference? I love it. <laughs> well, you know, it's, we're going to become like between the before the judges, where every man does what is right in his own sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're already there. I can yeah. I can make an excuse for anything up to and including murder. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. I can excuse myself, you know, by my standard. You know, are you married? No, my wife is. You know, I'm not married. Mm-hmm. What religion are you? I'm a Kesternite. I believe whatever is comfortable to believe at the time. And I blow in the wind. And a lot of people do. They Whatever is comfortable for today, I want a spouse. And just don't pick, leave me alone. Don't pick on me. Right. Yeah. And we, this country, maybe just because I'm getting to be an old man, the human race has not progressed since the fall of the atom in, in the garden. We are still as rotten to the core as we've ever been. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm surprised that sometimes I read in the paper or look and see on the news that still surprises me mm-hmm. because everything that can be done has been done and it's in this generation, within my generation. Yeah. There, there have been, we have congressmen in Florida that, that bids an underage child. We have somebody in high office that encourages people to rebel against the United States. That That's... They should be lying against the wall and shot if that's what they did. What, any self-respecting country would not tolerate that. Mm-hmm. It would have come down. It would have come down hard and fast and true. The thing about discipline is you can't you can't discipline your child for something they did last week. That doesn't compute. Right. That doesn't compute. At the time it's done, you must do it. Same way with church discipline. You can't let it ferment. Again, you need two or three witnesses, and having a wife or a husband say she did this or he did that. Right. No, you have to have Man, more. Than wife that. and a husband are one flesh, one <laughs> yeah. witness. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know what, you know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. But if they if you come to church and you hear things, one you do one of two things: you'll leave the church, and you'll say, "Oh my God, forgive me." Mm-hmm. There, there's no third. There's no third. Right. And unfortunately, most people. Do not want to be disciplined because it strikes at your pride mm-hmm. and yes, your sense of self-worth. And the big deal today is self-worth. 
I don't understand what that means, but self-worth and self-love. Yeah. But scripture teaches me that uh, love is a gift of the spirit. Mm -hmm. So if you're and it's sacrificial. And if you're not a Christian, you, you can't love. Right. You can call it whatever you want to, but it's warm, furry feelings. Mm -hmm. Affection. Yeah. Affection, yeah, there's it's, yeah. I'm sorry, the English language only has one word for love, but the Greeks are all. Yeah. So we have uh, discrimination. Yes. In the church, encouraged by the scriptures. And uh, as, as we consider what it means to be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves, say we make a decision in the church that is in line with the Bible, but not in line with the government. And the charge against us is discrimination, broadly discrimination. But the way we answer that as, uh, as wise as serpents is uh, not to say, uh, well, the Bible tells me so. They don't care about what the Bible mm -hmm. says, right? Instead, we appeal to, to reason according to the state's own standard, Right. And this is how a precept will make his argument, talking about precept, yep. right? You appeal to the standard of the state, um, in which case we can say it's not necessarily the case that I discriminated on the basis, wording is important here, on the basis of sexual orientation or, um, or gender identity. Oh, yes, please. For those listening, Ken's pouring me some coffee. Um, we can't see what's going on here. <laughs> oh, brother, you are my favorite person. So if you want to become my favorite person, I guess it's not that difficult. Just pour me a cup of coffee. <laughs> Easy to please. Easy to please. He says it's not necessarily on the basis of um, sexual orientation, gender identity, um, or whatever is against the law, right? Uh, no, we are discriminating on the basis of regeneration and on the basis of bearing the fruit of the spirit on the basis of repentance uh, we are discriminating on the basis of whether or not this person is bearing christian fruit and we'll leave it at that i don't have to say any more than that that's not against the law that'll never be against the law probably <laughs> right um, because the state doesn't have a definition of regeneration or right. fruit of the spirit like, so not that, yet not yet but it's like that's and and it's true that is the basis by which we discriminate um which on the front end looks more like oh you identify that way so you're not allowed to be anything right and it's more like hey let me share the gospel with you and let me see what fruit is bearing out in your life and are you living a sordid life or are you living like denying yourself and taking up your cross and following Jesus, because that makes the difference. And a woman who is taking up her cross daily and following Jesus is never going to say, I have the right to be a pastor. Right. It's not about her, right? right? So that fruit is automatically against that. Uh, somebody who is filled with the Holy Spirit, regenerate, is never going to say, yeah, I'm fulfilling my needs in a relationship and I'm identifying a certain way because they know life isn't about them. It's about King Jesus. Right. So that, those are the bases by which we, we discriminate the core bases. And so we don't have to appeal to the surface level bases, which is what the state does. We operate by a different standard. Our, our bases are 
more core. No, I can make a rhyme out of it. Right? <laughs> You're gonna start singing now, aren't you? <laughs> our our bases are our bases are 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 a little more basic <laughs> than the uh, than the short sightedness of of the worldly basis by which the world discriminates. We don't discriminate like the world does. We have a different set of standards. Mm-hmm. The world the world has a different standard. People think that Washington is going to save them or that the government is going to take care of them or, or we have security from the cradle to the grave, as they say. And they think that we're going to solve this problem with laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's worked so well in the past. And they, But they don't get at the core of the problem, which is the wretchedness of the human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, that's, they, that's and where they, it is. And they yeah. can't change that. They cannot change people's minds. Yeah. You know, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. It doesn't <laughs> matter what he says. If he doesn't like blacks, he doesn't like blacks. Or if he doesn't like whites, he doesn't like whites. You're not going to change that. So you get the Holy Spirit. So you right? get the, the Holy Spirit, and then you don't have to play the, the, the card, whatever your favorite card is to play whenever you're in a pickle, saying, I'm this, that, or the other thing. Right. And that's a perplexing thing, too, for people to, to think that they can eradicate racism on their own strength or will. Like, will not, yeah. cannot. No. Well, just, just look at what's happening. They're creating a whole new racism. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Eradicate racism while, while doing it. While being racist. You ask, ask any white person, if you see a black man, do you see a man first or do you see a black? Mm. And that'll tell you a yeah. lot about their, their perception because mm-hmm. when I see when I see him, I don't see a white man, I just see a man. So I don't even being white doesn't even come. Well, colorblindness is racist too, just so you know. Well that's that's fine. <laughs> that's that's fine. How about <laughs> how about that how about that thing in Indianapolis Memorial Day? Is that racist? Yep. Is that, uh-huh. I, I just wondered. Um, no, it's it is really interesting when you think about um, it's the Indianapolis five hundred on Memorial Day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about systemic racism. Racial justice, those are the terms being used, right? Racialization, there's another one that's being used, uh, which has to do with equity instead of equality. And people are actually saying now equality is wrong. (laughs) It's all about equity. And I'm like, what? What? Um, Anyway, uh, we dealt with that on episode of the 95, so check it out. (laughs) Shameless plug. Um, But uh, that's the language people are using. Those are the words people are using. Uh, The terms people are throwing out there now. Um, and all of it's very new, and it sounds good because you put justice on there. Yeah, well, of course we're for justice. Right? No, we're um, not. <laughs> we're for real justice, right? Um, uh, yeah. But you talk about systemic oppression of any kind, and I think I got got at this during part of our Revelation series here. How how do you respond to systemic oppression? Because in Revelation chapter thirteen, kind of systemic oppression in a big way, right? And you basically, if if you are People of the book, you respond to systemic oppression with contentment rather than demanding freedom. Um, over and over again in the New Testament, be content. God has you where you're at for a reason, right? If I am a slave, remain a slave. If you can free yourself, do that. But if you can't, it's no big deal. Why? Your calling is higher than just getting what you think you are owed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are... You are in Christ now. Uh, Christ has you in your circumstances for the sake of his His exaltation, his glory, the proclamation of the gospel. And so instead of proclaiming your own gospel, your own liberation, proclaim Christ. Mm. 
be a good servant. If you are a child of your father, be a good child. If you, if you are an employee, be a great employee. If you are a slave, be the best slave your master has, right? If you can get free, get free. But if not, man, be the best slave your master has um, and serve people. And the calling is the same for, for Christians who are quote unquote privileged, right? God has placed privileged Christians where they are for his good purpose. We use the privilege for God's glory not our own whatever our circumstances we use the cards we are dealt Mm -hmm. for god's glory not our own people are not running a race trying to win against one another no god places us where he wants us on the track because that's what best serves his glory like we get so focused on ourselves that well we we end up where we are now in the united states but yeah in our society if we're taught from the time that we can decide that it's all about me. Mm-hmm. We get it on TV, we get it in the movies, we, we get it at school. You want to grow up and be a bum? Oh, no, I don't want to be a bum. Well, you got to do this so that you, it's, it's like it's, it's about me. Mm-hmm. And so you have competition. Competition on, on the sports field, I don't have any problem with that, but the way it is in this country, it's either win or there's a winner and there are all the rest are losers. If you come in second place, it just means you're first loser. <laughs> Look, in, in Christianity, Christ is the victor. Exactly. We are either in him or not. <laughs> you know? I don't think we compete with each other to see which, mm-hmm. other, which one of us is the most sanctified. Because I'm sure you guys would come in second. But, uh, or, or the most <laughs> equitous. Like if the most equitous. You just coined oh, no. that, didn't you? The, most, the equitousist? <laughs> But you see, I, I don't see in, in Scripture, the only competition I see in Scripture, which is not a competition, is between Christ and the devil. And that's not even a competition. Not even close. Not even close. It, it's cooperation. And this is one thing that society doesn't understand about the, the role of a husband and a wife. It's it's competition. They, 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 you know, the rocks in my head match the holes in hers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Words so of wisdom. Yeah, we forget, Is we, that we, the basic complementary viewpoint? I, <laughs> we, we forgive each other and, and try not to do it again. But, you know, seven times 70, so so far catching up to 320. So keep getting close. You know what I'm saying. You, you forgive. And you, oh, I can forgive. I can't forget. Yes, you can. You can forget to the extent that we're, it, it interferes or colors the way you, you perceive the next. And if you can't forget now, you'll get old. Yeah, you'll get, <laughs> eventually you'll get old. And die. Yeah, yeah. You know, once you reach nineteen, it's all downhill. What are you fighting about? Yeah. Do you remember forty-seven years ago? I've never I, forgotten. I can't, you can't remember what we were fighting about, but I'm still mad. Yeah, I still think I was right. Yeah. I made a mistake once there. I, I thought I was wrong. Remember? It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, man. Or like, whenever I'm right, you don't remember. And wherever I'm wrong, you don't forget. Right. <laughs> Wait, good. is that being, statement correct then? <laughs> it's correct for him. Figure that one out. <laughs> being married is fun. I love, I love what that man in California said. His name, I can't remember now. He does shepherds. Mm-hmm. They ask him, "Do you have any problem with humility?" He says, "Gentlemen, I'm married." And I'm talking about MacArthur. Yes, and I thought, <laughs> that's a good statement to say. I'm brother. I'm married. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think sometimes God gave us wives, discerning wives, 
that tell us how someone who truly loves tell you us how stupid we are <laughs> you know, tell you how other people per, might perceive yeah. what you think is something innocent mm -hmm. you go and what's great about it is it's not done in a judgmental attitude. Right. It's not meant to judge. It's meant to encourage. Yeah. I rely on that so oh, much in my too. wife. Like, like she, she doesn't help me filter, but understand how I'm communicating because she knows my motives yes. and she knows that, that, that when I, when I speak, you know, and, and, critical ways or controversial ways that my goal isn't to be controversial. But but the way that I deliver so often it's just so you know so um can it can it come across crass and she helps me like not change what I want to say but says this is how I'm perceiving I'm like that's, oh that's interesting that's why Paul's statements are so strong he wasn't married he, he wasn't, wrote the letter that's it the the first Corinthian no, I, letter would have been so different if Paul was married, he married. <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't I don't think he would and I think there are times you know what a Dutch uncle is a Dutch uncle is no I don't do, do, you, do, you, no know, do you ever hear of Dutch uncle no nope. A Dutch uncle is, is someone who thinks so much of you that they tell you the truth, mm. even if it hurts, yeah. and they don't sugarcoat it. They said, when you did this, you were wrong because of this. That's a Dutch uncle. doesn't do it judgmentally. Yeah. It's like discipline is not to judge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To judge the character, but mm -hmm. to judge the character, to, to reform the character, to be more Christ-like. That takes that takes love. It also takes a lot of guts because if I tell you this, we still be my friend. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I need to get a uh, some buttons here. One of them with RC scroll. What's wrong with you people? Do it. And a Paul Washer. I don't know you why you're clapping. <laughs> talking about you. Yeah. 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 I need to get some nice podcast sounds. That's what I need to do that. Uh, that's all so we, so we need is more buttons to push. <laughs> Look, you're surrounded by two techies, so <laughs> you, you got no fight. <laughs> it's either Kathy or Nita that said about buttons. So of course your your mother pushes your buttons. She installed them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm about to think of that. Really. That's great. Do uh, you guys have anything else to talk about before uh, about the sermon before we before we uh, close our shop here? Uh, you know, I didn't bring my glasses. I can't read this. I have some that if I could, uh, what I do when Christ frees us from our sin, we are independent. We are free. Mm. Communion builds fellowship. Yeah. If if we're not in Christ, we're not in church. Mm. If we're in Christ, He will not let us keep away from the church. I believe that too. There are times, and I tell people, there are times that, that you're not a, a sick child, a wife in the hospital, yeah. a, a, a father that parent that's that's ill, and you have to go there, go where Christ leads you. You're not, but not for a year, right? Well, and it's, it's just, and it's it's interesting too because the statement about um, committing a single sin versus living in sin, yes, applies to church attendance too. Yes, it does. you miss one time, whether the reason is good or not. Uh, there's forgiveness whether or not it's a sin, right? Kind of there's forgiveness there. But if you're in the habit of just neglecting the fellowship, that is living in sin. 
I think it is too. Yes, there is. Scripture says that there are sins we don't even know we commit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think if they're egregious sins that we are ignorant of, that Christ will bring them mm-hmm. to our attention. When he does, it's almost like he crushes you. Yeah. He crushes right. your heart. Not because you're afraid, but because of the disappointment that have you ever come to the realization that you disappoint Christ in certain things mm. and, and it just crushes you? It's sort of like mm-hmm. if you do something that your wife is not sure. proud of you. It hurts. Yeah, yeah. It hurts. Uh, we have several people uh, merely attending here yeah. uh, who are not yet church members. Um, so I would just ask you guys, um, how would you encourage those who are merely attending here uh, when it comes to considering membership uh, here at the Church of Sunsites? I'd say do it gently but firmly. Yeah. I think this morning was a, was a good sermon. I hope it gave some people pause to, to realize, yes, you can be saved, but why would you accept Christ? Why, why would you claim him as your Lord and not do what he says for you to do? Mm-hmm. Yep. If, okay. if you love me, you will obey me. Not, not you know, it's 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 that you know, it's, it's that simple. It's but you, what I'm not trying to say. If they flee because of that, they flee. But you cannot hide the truth from people. That you, you can't no. do that from the pulpit. Well, that's and that's the, se- the whole seeker sensitive movement, right? Pull the wool over their eyes, get as many members as possible. Never and never in the New Testament are we instructed to get as many members as possible for the church. Well, none of the circumstances of how we're supposed to, I mean, that that does push people away, Mm -hmm. but that would be, that would be my area of of encouragement for people. Like looking at my own life, like we, we can't, we can't live without the church. We we can't. And and if we are able to probably not in Christ. Christ. And, And that is a Testament when we're talking about church discipline, it, it sounds weird to a lot of people that who hear it, but we need I remember, discipline. I still remember the first time I heard somebody say church discipline. I was like, church, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, we, we need to be, we need to be brought in. We need, we need to come into the church uh, and, and submit ourselves to each other and for that, that love and that guidance so that we can be sanctified. And if we are outside of that, um, we, we should be unraveling. And, and I, I think of like the faithfulness of a, of a local church being so critical because the, the, the darkest time in my life uh, was, was, was in big part because of the lack of the, the commitment mm-hmm. of a local body to properly discipline. And, and it began with just the lawlessness. Like Paul addresses, it's like, if, if you don't deal with the, the, the sin, a little leaven uh, leavens the whole lump. And this was happening, and it got so bad. It's like I, I, I tried taking accusations against myself and escorting myself through a, a disciplinary process if the charges are true. Um, and that just led off into just the lawlessness of, 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 the, of the church uh, infecting um, me and my family and just the pain and suffering. And, but, but that's, I, I say those things because that brought strife and darkness into my life and my family's life. And it takes loving correction, commitment, you know, people knowing each other, like in the body of Christ to, to keep you walking the, the narrow path that, that leads to the kingdom of, of God. And, and, and without that, that fellowship, without that accountability, without that, 
that those loving relationships right. we should unravel and and i experienced that personally and 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 that is just a testament to what yeah. scripture says not not a revelation yeah. uh, in my own sight if, uh, if yeah. we don't tell people about the importance of church yeah. we're, we're cheating them mm-hmm. out, out of scripture my understanding is that when you're drawn to Christ, when the Father draws you to the Christ, you're given a gift. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that gift, it's supposed to be, you exercise that gift within the church. Mm-hmm. You right. don't go out and go up to Dollar General or to TJ's and practice spiritual gift there. I'm not saying you can't go to the preach. They'll discriminate. You go to TJ and start preaching, they'll discriminate. They'll throw you out. So, but you... you you can't Maybe do. there might be more welcoming of the gospel there than in some churches. I heard a pastor once say from the pulpit, he says, you know, there may be a drunk in the gutter that right now is closer to Christ than you because mm. he feels a need yeah. and you don't have one. Yeah, that's mm. it. You, if you don't have a need for Christ, mm. if you don't, it, and it's not us that does it, it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But you have to teach Word of God in His truth and purity. Mm-hmm. If He says it's black, it's black. If He says it's white, it's white. If He said it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So people, I think, they need to understand. I don't think they understand the doctrine of the church or what the church means to Jesus Christ. That's, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. people don't understand what the church means to Jesus Christ, which brings me to the final statement for this episode. Mm-hmm. Because we're out of time. Um, why you might ask the question? Well, if there's so much judgment going on in the church, but the people in the church aren't to be judging people outside the church, why would I ever become a member of a church and submit myself to that kind of judgment? And you got at it right there. It's uh, because Christ loves his church, wants his people to become complete. And if we are not part of the church, uh, which means being a member, coming into member in a local church, right? If we're not part of the church then the judgment we're going to undergo is not from the church. It's from God himself, which is a damning sort of judgment. Right. Um, so yeah. much better to be in the church and to be judged now than to not be part of the church and to be judged for eternity. And with that being said, we invite you to repent and believe the gospel and come join us here at the church at Sunsize. This has been <laughs> what an invitation. What an invitation. <laughs> uh, this has been Blacktop Pulpit by the Church of Sunsites. Be sure to check out the church at sunsites.com. Check out past sermons, Bible studies, uh, Blacktop Pulpit episodes, Secret Women Stuff, which is now being published on a regular basis. And be sure to pray for our ministry and click that donate button so we can continue doing the hard work that we are doing in our community and around the world. Thank you again for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Amen.